Welcome to Holeback Rack Podcast. My name is Jessica Hare. I operate Hare Hollow Farm, and we breed boas, balls, and select colubrids. Hi, I'm Jenna King. I operate ASM Royal Tails, and I breed high-end ball pythons. We want to share our journey navigating herpetoculture and are dedicated to promoting biohazard safety for all species. And we would love you to answer the question, what's in your holeback rack? Welcome to episode 46. Jana's here. I am here. I am accounted for. Good job. So have you ever watched Dragon Ball Z? Nope. Fuck. Have you ever watched Lord of the Rings? Yes. Okay. And the extended versions? Yeah. Duh. 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 (laughs) Fuck, dude. Okay. What kind of question is that? Aragorn or Legolas? Aragorn. Okay. Safe choice. Basic. I'm not. Basic bitch choice. Oh, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) I'm not into the I'm not into the the long blonde hair. That's not my thing. What? Yeah, that was not my thing. Yeah, but he can walk on snow without breaking it and he was a cool character, but I didn't think he was sexy. Oh my god. At all. We might have to break (laughs) up. He's like the reason why We don't have to break up. That means that you can have the one you want and I can have the one I want. I feel like this is a, a perfect. A twenty-three-year-old Orlando Bloom should be like lathered in oil and paraded around naked on a silver platter. Now Orlando Holy Bloom is, is sexy as hell. Orlando Bloom, hot as fuck. I totally, I'd, I'd hit that. But not with ears and beautiful braids. Did not do it for me. Nope. Oh my god. That's like my favorite kind of man. Okay, well you have him. I want the other guy. What about Dritster? I don't nope. know who that is. Nope. We'll we'll get Jana on it. Dark elf. Oh, I'm okay Netflix. with dark. Dark elves are good. <laughs> I'm I'm just really. Do you have white hair? I'm not into white hair. I'm not into blondes. Jana, not into blondes. Everybody. I don't Holy know if I've. Mackerel. I don't know if I've ever dated a blonde. You dated a redhead though. Yeah, I like redheads. How is that better? Just is. Cue the South Park music. Right, you're yeah. into blondes, obviously. I'm also not into Asians, and you're into Asians. It's cool. Oh, I love Asians. There's room for everybody. I know. On the rainbow of, of everything. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I just One day I'll get you to watch Dragon Ball Z, and I'll ask you who your favorite character is. That's funny. Tell us what I was doing. My, uh, my ex could probably tell you every detail of that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that well, what your what your uh, email address is from? Because mm-hmm. I didn't get it, and he looked at me. He was like, "That's from Dragon Ball C," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> uh, write in who your favorite character was from Dragon Ball C, everybody at home, to our PO box. We don't have on a uh, scroll sent by a raven. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you much. Yeah. All right, let's get on with this shit show. Obviously, we're still doing video. Many complications still continue. Like, bear with us. Continue to bear with us. This banner that says live. This overlay. It's not live. (laughs) I made it for something else, and I didn't make another one. Because, fuck me, right? It's all right. Yeah. We're we're prepared for the future. The future of live. And then Jana tried to go outside, and it was pretty loud. I live on a busy street. And then I tried to record in my building. It was still fucking loud. So I'm going to have to figure it out because that's where I was going to set up my little studio. And I got new microphone. Yay. 
um, and everything, but I'll have to do it somewhere else. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I also turned on party mode in here. What is party mode? It's just blue in here. It's a party now. Oh, yeah. You're like disco lights in the back. My, uh, yeah. side? my uh, incubator party lights. <laughs> uh, my kids like like when it gets dark, they're like, turn on the incubator. I'm like, okay. We have like a little dance party. Yeah. Like, there, there's no other reason for this to have party lights. I don't understand, but the kids love it. <laughs> now, did you know that this is a podcast about reptiles? Supposedly. Sometimes. <laughs> do you know I can do a... Wow. I don't, the, won't do this most of the time, but... The beginning, it's good. Yeah. That's cool, guys. Um, for those that are just listening to audio, she's got a little banner that runs across that says, hey, it's not safe for work. It's adult content, profanity, no children should be present. Send them away, please. Send them away. Yeah, we like to say that at the beginning in case people forgot from the episode before. On to our sponsor. Who's our sponsor, Jan? I forgot. Small Town Exotics. Shane Kelly. We love him. He's amazing. So, Shane has a snake for sale, everybody. You need to go buy it right now. All of you, collectively. Form some sort of syndication of this single snake. <laughs> Hold back, release a xanthic het albino western hog nose. Get on it while it's hot. And I highlighted this one because we had a discussion in the Discord about good exanthic hog noses and bad exanthic hog noses. And some of them are icky, but this one's really good. So if you're looking for this kind of animal, and he's a big boy at 44 grams, he could probably, he's going to go this spring. So get on it. Thanks, Shane. He's on Mark Market. Guess what? We're on YouTube, so we can save prices. For the one low, easy payment of $450 plus shipping, you too can have a Xanthic Cognos that doesn't look brown. Are you getting it, Jana? I'm getting it. Totally getting it. <laughs> I'll fight you all for it. So Shane, Small Town Exotics, check them out on all social media platforms. Okay, today's topic, the 10 essential steps to starting your reptile breeding business that don't have anything really to do with the acquisition of reptiles. We're talking about the stuff that's outside of that topic. Jana, what's the first thing you need to do to start a business? You should pick a name. All of your business is going to be in that name. Everything you register, everything you, everything that you do in the following sequences, you need that name. And you should do a Google check to make sure that you're not stealing someone else's name because I totally did that. <laughs> yes. And I had to change my name and it was no bueno. Then there's like a ton of like names that are really, really similar. You should try to avoid that too. Yeah, that one's hard. People get it's in fights hard. on Facebook all the time. You know, I had extremely common Caucasian last name, family snakes first. And then they're like, and then they're like, but I'm extremely common Caucasian last name, family reptiles. And then they, John and they, Smith reptiles. Yeah, and then they <laughs> fight over it. And you're like, 
I don't know. So like, if you can try to be creative, that's cool. But let me just warn everybody right now, these balls, these nuts, these whatever, it's been done like 16 times. So like, I swear. In every iteration. Yeah, and all the like, holding balls, balls in your mouth, suck my balls, cradle my balls, all of those variants, almost all of them have also been done. So you gotta go one level deeper of whatever sort of creative. You heard her, one level deeper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dig deep, everybody. Yeah, and you also have to make sure, at the very least, the bare minimum, your DBA is available in your state. So technically, if you do a DBA of these balls in Florida, and someone else has a DBA of these balls in Alabama, it doesn't fucking matter. You didn't go to the copyright office and copyright a logo or whatever, most likely. So they can do that. It's just like everyone, you know, bitches about it on the internet. You're going to get messages in your inbox about people saying you stole their name right but you can still do what it are you doing? legally like who gives a shit there how many like i don't know stands plumbings are there <laughs> there's one in every city yeah it's just they're whatever they're registered as with the state is what matters but try not to duplicate on accident the hardest one is like they're out of business you're like, uh, do I still not duplicate if they were their Facebook page has been defunct for three years? Which I mean, you also maybe didn't want to be associated with whoever they are. And if you come, right. people might up. think that you're like coming back. And so just try to be original. It's not that hard. <laughs> you know, think of a bunch, ask your buddies, like, don't just decide in one day, you know, mm. write it down and ruminate on it and pick something good because all your shit's gonna have it on it <laughs> forever forever you're gonna it's like it's worse than a marriage <laughs> mm -hmm. forever i mean unless you're justin kabulka and then you can rebrand everything right and people can rebrand everything it's just it starts to get confusing for people yeah mm -hmm. i went through a name change it wasn't very fun don't do it don't be me don't be jan everybody or do be jan to be me and do something else okay um i'm not a cpa jan are you a cpa no i'm not are you a lawyer i'm not okay me neither that's pretty cool <laughs> maybe next week uh, yeah, maybe, yeah yeah things happen you know you so know. nothing we're about to say should be taken as legal advice at all we have no fiduciary responsibility to you and um i'm kind of dumb so and we'll deny, deny, deny. Yes, yeah. No, this is all <laughs> off the record. <laughs> but here's how I would get into like registering your business and thinking about business structure for your business. Okay? Okay. Okay. I think people should register as soon as they have any inkling they're going to want to be in a business. I agree. Because the expenses of a animal breeding business are all front-loaded. Like you're and buying if, yeah, breeding if, stock. If you wait like me like a year, then you're shit out of luck with all that investment. So there's a way you can do the year previous as a deduction, but not any additional years before that. Start your CPA. 
But most people don't. They're just like, uh, I just put in 50 for no reason. And now I'll incorporate because I might be making money. Well, you lost all those years of potential taking those losses against your personal income if you're a pastor business. Jana, what are you? Um, I'm an LLC. Okay. And in the state of Washington, everybody at home, an LLC that has one person or a married couple as the owners is a pass-through entity. So it's she effectively has a sole prop. Do you know that? Yep. Okay. And so a sole prop, the short version, is that it's just you, a dude or dudette, wants to sell something and you're going to sell it and then report the income on your normal 1040 with a schedule C that is the profits and losses from a business. If that business happens to be a farm, it's a schedule F in case anybody wants to know snakes don't count as farms or farm animals. Nope. So you cannot use a schedule F for snakes or rodents or a lot of things, cats and dogs, anything that's a pet. If you ate the snake, you could. Do you want to eat snakes? <laughs> no, no, ma'am. I would not like to eat snakes. I've eaten rabbits, and that was, I mean, it made me cry into my pillow later. So I'm, I'm not super into that. Right. The, th the thing about that that really grinds my gears is that horticulturalists that grow plants that are only ornamental count as agriculture. Is that fair? That's not fair. No, you can't eat that. It's like things you eat, things you milk, fur bearers, obviously plants that you grow, but including ornamental plants. And I'm like, pets should be included then. Pet animals should be included as a kind of whatever. And I would way prefer to have my show on Schedule F because it's much more generous in terms of how they calculate your taxes. So you're not a Schedule F, even though you had goats and chickens and ducks. So those animals bunnies. could have been on a Schedule F by themselves. But not your snakes. So you don't just get to umbrella everything in F. You would have had to do C and F. Yes. Yeah. That's and it. since they were just like a, a losing operation anyway, I just rolled their expenses in the Schedule C, which is fine. You can actually do that. Just the F is more forgiving. Obviously, farmers have problems. They need all the help they can get. So is that too much information at that point? Maybe. Yeah, I'm okay. falling asleep. Sorry. Jana's falling asleep. Okay, so you're a person. You're going to look at the types. You know, a sole prop, a partnership version of a sole prop, an LLC that may be a pass-through LLC in your state, or a C-Corp. Or a partnership that is not a pass-through because it's you and like uh, you know an investor or you and your friend, not your wife. I can't tell people what to do in that case, but I think most people should be a sole prop, a partnership between a a, a married couple or yep. an LLC that is a pass-through LLC that acts like a sole prop anyway, because. When you spend all that money and waste all your money on ball pythons, all of the expenses are expensed off your W-2 income Yep. for that year. So you accidentally go buy a, a DG clown, 
Whoops. Whoopsie. And then your husband's or a G strap. W two earnings are reduced because you <laughs> took a loss for the year. Oopsie. With the expenses, right? And you can't do that infinitely because you didn't have infinite money to begin with, nor infinite W two earned income as an expense. Clearly, but most people are going to do this, so most people should have this sort of business structure. Some people are like, you need an LLC right away. Right away, it, in the states that aren't passed through. And I'm like, I don't if you want to form an LLC later, that's fine. Yeah, I formed an LLC almost a year after I started my business. Well, Washington doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't. But like right. California, you have to do it right away. Right. There are some states where you actually have to like pony up and go get a lawyer and officially have yeah. articles of um, what the fuck is it called? Articles of articles of incorporation. Holy fucking balls. Okay. So that's all depending on your state. You just gotta Google that shit. You gotta Google it. Most of you will want to be passed through. That's the TLDR of some form. And save your C corporation for later. The other thing is C corporation is such a distinct entity that the corporate tax, it would pay tax by itself. And then for you to take a wage, you would have to pay income tax again. So it's like a dual tax. If you and the entity are the same because you're a sole prop or a pass-through LLC, you only pay tax once. But once the marginal rates get really high, like you're making too much money, uh, too much is the wrong word, uh, a lot. You're a sugar daddy. <laughs> you're a sugar you're finally you are able pimp to level. pay the strippers their living wage. You're finally yes. able, right? You will want to consider being a C corp at that point. I did bring up the marginal tax rates, but I think since Jana has really fallen asleep, I will not show that slide. No, if you're to that point, you should have a lawyer and a accountant and they should be advising you or you could hop on over to uh, Always Evolving Pythons who does a series on it. Maybe that was his Patreon, but there's other people that cover the like bigger business stuff. We're just talking about starting. I don't think we need to get the weeds there. Yeah, I was just going to say like there, there's a dollar amount where it's clear you need a C corp, and that's right. like hundreds of thousands of dollars because then your <laughs> marginal rate is worse. And that's way way outside my. And goals. that's gross, by the way, and includes your W two income. So maybe some people are closer if they live somewhere where the cost of living is expensive, but not me, there, brother. Also, if you're that rich, you will like be delighted to have a CPA. Right. That's right. You already sweet. have one if you're that yeah. rich. Yeah. yeah. Number three, you will want to register your uh, with your state to collect state tax, which sucks, but it's it's not bad. Um, you have to register. I think if you make in Washington, I think if you make more than um, twenty thousand a year, <clears throat> is that correct? I thought it was like a thousand dollars a year. Oh, it's like an a very small amount of money. Oh, okay. Well, then that was not correct. Anyway, you it's really easy. They have an online interface, at least with Washington, and you go in and you plug in your numbers. It's quarterly, um, and then you pay it. It's no big deal. In Oklahoma, it was very – they actually use the exact same software that Washington does, and hopefully most states are good. States that used to be good, maybe not all states are good, but you're legally required to do it. You're also – right now, you remember Amazon didn't used to collect sales tax? Unless mm -hmm. they had a situs in that state 
or nexus, whatever verbiage they were using. Right. Like if you had a DC in your state, you had to pay sales tax. And then uh, the the Supreme Court ruling in 2018 said that you have to collect it. But then most states did a safe harbor agreement where people that were under either a certain dollar amount or a certain number of sales in their state did not have to collect for their state. And I think it was South Dakota. It's 200 items. Whoa. So technically a very large breeder, if they sell to a very populous state like California or something, could hit 200 items and technically should be re remitting sales tax, collecting and remitting sales tax to California. I don't think anybody does it though. What do you think? Outside of their state, who's actually doing it correctly? What do you think? No, probably not. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it, but well, I don't pay state taxes when I do a Portland show. They don't have a sales tax. Correct. So, right, but they, they don't have a sales tax. I know, but I don't put it onto my Washington stuff, but it's under my income. Right, because you sold it in Portland. Correct. Right. So I'm saying like if you sold to California 200 snakes or whatever the safe harbor agreement number is in California, you were supposed to be collecting sales tax for California. Oh, rather than your own sales tax. Yes. Okay. That makes yes. Sense. So if you're a normal person out there and you're not even making 200 snakes a year, you don't have to worry about any of this. But when you sell out of state, you're, you, the safe harbor usually protects you from having to collect for that state. But an Amazon 100% collects for every state, no matter where their nexus is. And these, then this system, like Chana said, is usually pretty easy to use and intuitive and they're all online. Um, Washington is quarterly filing. Oklahoma's monthly filing and Ugh. every state is probably different. Gross. <laughs> Quarterly sucks as it is. Yeah. Whoa. Anyway, you need your business name to register all this shit. So like you, you do have, not all this is necessarily in order, but the last three are, you like kind of need to do those things before you create all your accounts with the government. To give them, you know. Yes, you need know, to register as an entity in your state before you can give them a buy. But then there's are like funneling you. They're like, oh, thank you for registering in the state. Now go get your your Department of Revenue code or whatever. They like force you. They know what you need to do. They're gonna trick you into it. They need their money. How much fat stacks do you have, Jana? Millions. About, Say that again. How many fat stacks do you have? Fat stacks. That's not what I thought you said. <laughs> I heard something totally different. Mm -hmm. um, I have no fat stacks right now. When I first started, I had some fat stacks. So did you make a separate bank account initially or ever? No. And okay. I do not have a separate one now. Right. That I also do not, but I had like 17 bank accounts. So I just sort of de facto... We also yeah. had 17 yeah. bank accounts. It's all changing right now because I'm going through divorce. Um, but prior, yeah, we had like bank accounts at different banks and we just used one for right. that stuff. So a lot of banks don't want you to use a personal account as a business account because it makes them mad. But you sort of can get away with it if you're a pass-through entity. Correct. Remember? Because you're you're all you're the same as your business anyway. 
It's just for accounting purposes. If a lot of the transactions happen out of the same bank and on the same bank statements, it'll be easier if you get audited or to like go and double check something. Do you use a software for um, keeping your books or do you use a spreadsheet? I use a spreadsheet. Yeah, I think that's largely the most common because our number of transactions is actually very low, if you think Correct. about it, compared yeah. to like a bakery. I sold a cookie. If you want a cookie, <laughs> it's a dollar. But, right. but you want to keep track of all of those transactions. A lot of farmers like spreadsheet, you know, keep spreadsheets for, you know, they bought some seed. They bought fertilizer. They sold their grain to market. Like the number of transactions is so low that a spreadsheet can handle it. Yeah, and I I think I still use it too. I've been like flirting with I've been flirting with QuickBooks. It. Yeah, so I get invoice from QuickBooks and pay through QuickBooks. Yeah, I have such we've talked about this a lot, like payment method anxiety. Because you've been burned, so burn times. baby, burn baby, burn. Yeah, QuickBooks. Um, that's that's where I would go if I decided to change. But for right now, the spreadsheets are working just fine. Yeah, so you don't have to have Excel. You can use Google Sheets, which is free. All you're doing is logging expenses and sales in order. Obviously, if you start to get like real cute with stuff you need a CPA again. So like, if you're gonna like buy a snake for 10,000, hold it for three years and then sell it and you're gonna wanna depreciate it off of your books, go get a CPA, don't talk to me. Or if um, your ex did all of the CPA and you're CPA illiterate, you may want to uh, right. get a CPA to, right. to help you just not have to think about it because it can get pretty complicated. Right. And the CPA doesn't, or an accountant doesn't necessarily reconcile your books for you, like typing them in. and. No, 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 time. definitely not. But right. So people are like, like, I can dump a shoebox of receipts at their house and they'll just do it. That's not <laughs> no. their job. That's no, you have to still fill out your spreadsheets and then you yes. dump your spreadsheets to right. them. And a lot, I've heard a lot of people make shit up about accounting. They're like, yeah, uh, you know, if a snake dies, that's an expense. That is not true. It's not true for a farmer and it's not true for you either. Is that snake, a loss? It's not a loss either. It, oh. is, it is not like a something you can take as a loss on your... On your a farmer can't either like if you take that sucks a cow and shoot it and it like, or whatever you can also like insure that cow and you can't really insure a snake right you'd have to get an as stated policy which are very rare and hard to find someone who will even do it i've asked every person i've ever called and none yeah. of them have said no but i'm sure they exist no. they yeah. exist somewhere for some yeah. people <laughs> Not but this like, person. <laughs> so you can depreciate a snake, but you can't write it off if it dies. But you can. There's like complicated farm things that are basically like a form of insurance where like if you whatever planted crop, but like none of those apply to us. So people act like they do like the, the farm rules for like. You know, if you, you are not it, a farm. Yeah, <laughs> we, we covered that. See above. Up, it's canceled. None of it. Don't think about it that way. The only thing you can do is appreciate them as like 
this is weird, but equipment, equipment, because that's sort of what a breeder is, if it doesn't die by the end. <sighs> but I don't know very many people who do that, because does it matter that much to the net? Maybe it does. If it, you bought it really expensive and you sold it really it cheap. Really expensive and you sold it for cheap, but usually those kind of things increase in value. Right. It's like like buying like a super high-end mail five years ago for thirty thousand. Now it's only worth oh that's true two thousand or something. Yes, I'd probably go get a CPA to appreciate that expense. Make your morph market account as soon as you settle on a name because they put the little sticker on there that says new and most people see that little sticker and they think scammer or just like fuck off fuck off like most people if you have that new little tag on you that's that's just an immediate they don't even continue looking at the snake they were looking at they just click off of you and find someone else to do business with and so but you don't need to pay to make an account either you can do the free one and it'll, it'll correct time it out and then you can pay later when you want more pictures or whatever well, and now there's so many other great features where you can put your breeding stock and you can like you can show your collection and you can show your clutches and stuff. So we don't have to say clutches, but if you have your your animals, your, your personal animals, yeah. your breeders, you can put those on there to show. And then you're also showing history just like you would um, mm -hmm. on your other pages. That yeah, I think that, that's a big mistake. People forget. They're like, uh, I guess I have to sell snakes now. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people do it wrong and it and it ends up you know when you're trying to sell then you can't because you've waited too long so even if you don't plan on having any clutches that year or in the next two years get a morph market mm -hmm. yeah and also just support the system even if you don't have a logo yet you just want to save your name and get the account aging and also if you're buying snakes um, you know you could ask people to leave you feedback as the buyer, not the seller. Mm -hmm. And that also helps legitimize your business. All right. Commission a logo, which I don't think you have to do this very early. You can do this later, but it helps with branding. But many people jump to a logo very quickly. Like that you should settle on a name so you can actually do the, the real work behind the scenes. Right. But you don't have to settle on a logo right away. Maybe people should think about it a little bit and did it, get it. Yeah, we had like a, a placeholder logo for a long time, like almost a year um, before we commissioned. And we didn't have like any clutches at the time. Like, but once we started having clutches, then I was like, I, I'd like to have something more professional to be putting out there. Do you think you'll ever do a logo rebrand? Not at this time. Um, I'm really happy with my logo. I like how it looks. It's exactly what I wanted. Um, but, you know, five years from now, maybe. I, I don't think that if you're rebranding or redesigning your logo with your same name, I, there's nothing wrong with revamping every, you know, five or so years. I think mm -hmm. that that keeps things current or, you know, maybe your tastes have changed or your whatever. I, I don't think or there's anything wrong with that. Or changed. your collection has changed. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe there's a pie in your logo and you're like, oh, fuck it. I hate pies. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't think that that's bad, but I, um, I'm really happy with my logo. Okay, good job. Um, it was done by Sinking Pencil, if anybody's interested. Um, really, really easy to work with. I was a nitpicky cunt, 
and he was really cool with it. I sent it back probably 10 times because I like had a very specific idea of what I wanted. I just didn't have the skills to create it. And so like I had him change like just little tiny things and he was through the whole thing was completely professional and kind and never once was like, listen, bitch, <laughs> this is way outside what, uh, what price we agreed on. And you are, uh. you are nagging at this point. No, he was just completely awesome and professional. And I even went back later, like a year later and had him design like clutch cards and, um, birth cards and business cards and my um stuff for shows with that with that branding and i'm very happy with it okay sweet yeah there's also other people there's who did, who did yours drawn to scales donovan winterberg Do and he him? he did your i don't but he did your logo and your um your banners and stuff right yeah he does um he was a famous, famous corn snake breeder for a time. Had lots of corn snakes. Then he moved and did some stuff. And he ended up not having any corn snakes anymore and just focusing on art eventually. So he does like t-shirts and, but he'll do a logo too, if you want. He does a good job. I have one of his t-shirts. It's like a Dilophosaurus skull with a hognose snake. You've seen that? I have seen that. That's a good t-shirt. No. Um, and just because you have a logo, let me state this, um, doesn't mean you need merch. Doesn't mean you need stickers. Doesn't mean you need to sticker swap. Doesn't mean you need to like print a warehouse full of shit that has your <laughs> logo on it. So be careful with that because um, people will laugh at you behind your back. <laughs> if you're, or in front of your face. Or in front of your face. Like that's just, um, that's very almost tacky to do especially if you've never had any clutches or you're still building your business and no one recognizes you like yeah sticker swaps are a way to get your brand out there and whatever if that's something you feel like you need to do fine but you don't need to be like merch is here and you've been a business for three months and have 10 snakes and don't plan to breed for another two years like just yeah. be aware of how you're acting and especially you if you're like getting ready to get a new logo like like some people get a first logo and it's kind of okay and they're excited about, it, but then they get a new one like within a year because they're like they get more refined and whatever their taste is going to be. Right. They end up switching logos anyway. I've seen that happen like ten times. I'm like, I don't know. I'm obviously extremely soft on uh, gimmicky, uh, weird, merchy type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> me God, um, it's so embarrassing. yeah well i've had people ask about merch and stuff with my logo on it and so i do have a teespring account is that how you yeah that's how it's yeah it. but um but that's like made to order like i literally don't have any merch hanging out at my house that i'm just like hey buy my t-shirts i i nobody cares about my t-shirts and nobody's right. nobody's gonna care about your t-shirts so right you back, can buy back, your own sold. Yes, you can have your own t-shirts. Like I, I have my t-shirt on. Yeah. I mean, like if you're going to be interviewed on a podcast or you're going to be at shows, like you can have stuff branded for you for your personal use. But back the soul train up on, I got merch available, everybody. Two months after forming my LLC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like 
I don't know, cute or something, you're like, oh, you're like, oh, you that's guys are precious. trying so hard. It's, it's a little precious, and you don't want to be precious. Yeah, I, it's, it's fine. I, yeah, I just get the logo, like, let it sink in for a little bit. Maybe that's not even the logo for you, but you should get it so you can sort of start to get an idea of what you want your branding to be. And you can I, start to match whatever. um, I know a lot of people, like I had a placeholder one, you know, like one you can do in print shop or whatever. And, um, but if you want to be successful in the long run, it's okay to have a placeholder until you get your business more well-known and then switching to a, a professional commissioned. But having that professionally commissioned one really just shows how serious you are about your business. And I think that it's pretty important in this industry. Because if you line yourself up next to somebody that has a really professional like website and look, then, you know, someone's more likely to give their business to that person rather than, you know, Joe Snow with the, the little John snake. Snow. He's here. <laughs> I said Joe Snow. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to hear John. Joe Snow. Blow. Um, what, you know, if you just have your like, hey, we just typed it up and made it pretty colors. You know, I just think that um, people will take you a lot more serious if you're taking yourself serious. Sure. Maybe this is the worst advice for people starting a business. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, don't do anything that you actually want to do. Go get QuickBooks. Go get QuickBooks. We didn't wow. say that. Oh, we said you're flirting with it. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm in year three. What year are you in since you came back? Five? I don't know. What year is it now? It's 2022. Five, I bought snakes in 2019. So it's three years. Oh, okay. I mean, you're two years because you bought snakes in 2020. Correct. I'm starting my third season. Uh, yeah, sure. So this would be my fourth season. Right. And I didn't commission a logo till after my first season. When did I commission so boas breed in the fall, and well, buttons breed in the fall, but boas could give birth early or whatever. So I'm pretty sure I bought mine like in the winter. So I was buying snakes in the summer or whatever, May, June. So six months later, I yeah, I just think yeah. in that first year that that it's a good idea to do a commissioned one. You don't necessarily need to come out of the gate with it. And like she's in her fourth season, I'm in my third. And we're both just like flirting with the idea of QuickBooks right now. Spreadsheets completely work. So you don't need to start out with QuickBooks. You can start out with a spreadsheet. But um, as your business ages, you may find those tools. Right. I mean, you can start with QuickBooks. You. It's not like torture. I, I've used it before for other things. I swear it's not torture. It's just like it's a usually a, a monthly expense. So how many monthly expenses do you want to incur in the beginning when you're not making any money? And it's just your W-2 job. And you're pouring money into the black hole of the reptile yeah. industry. Yeah, I don't know. The, the other thing you need to do is handle ongoing reporting duties, which sounds boring and has the word duty in it. <laughs> but even if you have, we already sort of talked about it. Even if you, have, you sell zero things, most states require you to report a zero sales tax return. Yes, you do have to report the zero. And you're supposed to technically file estimated sales tax or estimated federal income tax quarterly also. But if you don't, they charge you a late fee, even if you didn't owe any taxes. 
Well, there's a there's a rule. <laughs> oh my gosh, I fell asleep again. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Literally, most taxpayers will avoid this penalty if they're either owe less than 1000 in tax after subtracting their withholdings and refundable credits, or if they are paid withholdings and estimated taxes of at least 90% for the current year or 100% for the tax of the last year. So if you're not making anything, you will owe zero. Oh, that's good to know. So you're just no penalty, but you're hypothetically still eating and living in a house. So you have money coming in. Mm -hmm. right? So most people are paying withholdings on their W-2 for that income. And since you are losing money because you're just buying a bunch of dumb fucking snakes, you will not have like earned more income than your expenses. So you will be taking a loss anyway. So you don't need to do estimated federal income taxes in the years you're taking a loss. It's a building year. <laughs> <laughs> Said every ball pies on breeder also, every year. Don't take a loss too many years in a row. We talked about this. Um, yeah, the IRS I've, will, will come get you. Because then you're a hobby business. You don't have the intent of making money. Yeah. Then you're just shitting your money in a hole and burying it. And they don't, mm -hmm. they don't want to support you in that. Well, they they recognize you're like using your correct. Your you're using the to system. Like avoid right. some tax right. penalty to buy what you actually want. This is like a, a thing, a bigger thing in like hobby farms where people are like, yeah, I want a farm, and they just take losses six years in a row out of seven, and it's easy to lose money on farms, and then they just use that as a, a, a expense on their W two stuff. The feds will come get you and they have big guns and pointy sticks. <laughs> so don't do it. You can Take, make your shit up. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to make a profit every year, but if you want to have some investment years in the beginning, you can't do that indefinitely. It's not, it's not a sweet pack. We talked about state, <sighs> state sales tax. We didn't talk about state income tax because there's no income tax in Washington. Nope. So you will also have to file state income tax to include your whatever. And if you have a state that has state income tax, you'll have to also file to the state quarterly for that. Like in Oklahoma, though, the, the restrictions are even less. Like you need to be making a lot more than even the federal one to, to receive a penalty for not filing. So that's all up to your state, boys and girls. In Washington, they charge you a gross production tax that isn't income tax. It's just like, how much shit did you make tax? And every time you file your sales tax, you pay that gross production tax at the same time. That's all depending on your state. So what I heard is if you glazed over like me through most of the last 40 minutes... Get yourself a business lawyer and a CPA, and they can help walk you through all this shit. <laughs> I, I'm saying most people can do it themselves with a little Googling and some YouTubing. I need to do some that. Some people can't, and they need help, and that's okay. But <laughs> I just most... need to educate myself because my ex took care of all of this shit. He was that was his part of the company, and this I did the actual snake part of the company. And he mm -hmm. handled all the business end and the money end and 
kept the records and all that. So I just need to educate myself and get, do all the stuff that we're telling you to do because he did all that for us. And now I have to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm just reassuring you that I think you can do it because it's not, it's very plug and play. They, they know that people aren't. I can, I can plug and play. (laughs) Janet's OnlyFans is coming everybody. case you're wondering check me out on only fans plug and play reptiles <laughs> no i'm just making this shit up right on the spot so the next step is to um i feel like i could say that one of my mommy's listening <laughs> oh my uh, <laughs> suck dick for cash um you need an investment capital whether it's whether it's $5,000, whether, you know, you're going to come out balling like AAP and drop 200 K you have to have some sort of investment capital capital. I can speak to start a reptile business. Like you're going to have expenses and you're going to need some sort of money to pay that for equipment and animals, no matter what animals you're breeding, you'll need to have, investment capital and you'll need to have a plan on how you're going to spend that. Yeah. And if you want to know how to spend it, it's back in like how to start a Python business or whatever. There's a strategy to how to do it. And everyone has a different version of the strategy, but you still need money to do something. And I'm not going to disparage someone that doesn't have a lot of money because you can definitely be like, I'm going to use my, $500 this month that I have for this to buy one animal or save up for three months and buy a $1,500 animal. There's definitely ways for any kind of budget person to make like a smart, thoughtful, interesting, self-motivated collection. Right. I I didn't start out with a lot of money. Um, I started out, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and built an okay-ish collection, not high-end or anything, but I, I had a collection and it was producing and um, I, I probably put 2000 into it the first year and I made like 15 and that's crazy. Like that's crazy talk. And now I've put in an insane amount. So making that back is going to take some time, but it can be done. It can be done um, with not a huge amount of money. Yeah. They, touch each other's pee-pee and they make more snakes. So the math yeah. checks out. The math unless checks you, out. Unless you mess something up pretty bad. Like you make scrambled eggs on accident. Hard boiled eggs. Yeah. And then the last step is social media, which we're not going to go over because I'm doing it next week. Cause it's really complicated and insane. Really but, complicated, especially in the reptile industry. Yes. It's so vital. it is vital. And you're going to want to be doing this, after you have a name, but not maybe before, before you have your final logo, just right away to start somewhere. And I'm planning on do, doing like the different social media platforms, what they work best for, what they work worst for. And then you'll just like have to pick the ones that you enjoy the most and have time for basically from there. But we'll sort of go deep and, and including like the weird rules of the platform like 
don't put word, money. You can't use the word available anymore. Nope. On anything on Instagram. <laughs> they will put you in timeout, son. <laughs> yeah. Or randomly delete you, no matter how many followers you have. Yeah. Yeah. There's but we'll go over all that next week. It's it's a it's a deep dive, social media and reptile businesses. Yeah, and I'm gonna complain about everything. Everything. The whole time. Whole Easy. Time. It's time for news, Jana. Totally time for news because I was asleep. <laughs> Sad news, everybody. Courtney Gray. Do you know who Courtney Gray is? No, I looked at this link and I still had no idea what was happening. So he's like a boa guy, but he's been on different. I don't think he's been in an interview. He passed away. Yeah, he lost his today or last night. Yeah, that sucks. He is so. He was such a cool guy. Like I don't. I didn't know him personally, but like most people on Facebook are like hysterical or dumb. But he was never cruel or unkind or unwelcoming in the boa community on Facebook. And I didn't know that he was sick, um, but he never let that affect him at any time on his, his, his public decorum. And I think we lost somebody very important to the, to the bow hobby. Yeah. And he had a great collection, like a great taste in animals, really like interested in phenotypes and specific animals and looks. And we lost somebody special. So... Condolences to the family. Yeah, thoughts and prayers with them. That cancer sucks. Fuck cancer. Mm-hmm. Sad news. On to slightly happier news. Hurricane Pides. Yeah, baby. So, Justin's video this week. I think we've all seen it, so we don't need to look at it very much. But I wanted to just, in case people at home had not seen it yet. The Hurricane Pies have a very, almost like jigsaw piece, but to me they remind me of like the coral polyp marks on SpongeBob's like house, like these amorphous <laughs> okay. blobs. Um, what do you think about Hurricane Pies? They are very sexy, very cool, very like a new shape in a pied um, that I feel like we haven't really seen before, and I I, I dig it. It makes me like pies a lot better. So what other gene is like Hurricane? Because isn't there a few? Or is that something else? You mean like Hurricane Trick Blitz? Like that? Like yeah. There's synonyms? Yes. Yeah. Hurricane Trick Blitz. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I like that it's pattern neutral. It looks like it can be as much pattern as it wants. I don't know if it's pattern additive. Because some of them were slightly less patterned and more. You mean like the amount of pattern that's added to the snake, like the number of saddles? Yes, the number of saddles. Because it definitely fucked with the pattern. Yeah, I just mean like it's pattern. It's not pattern. Like blackheads pattern neutral. You can have a very high white or very low white. But okay. NG is always pattern high. Yeah, it didn't seem. pattern low. It didn't seem to reduce the pattern, which was great. Yeah, that's all you really need. Right. Yes. <laughs> that's a plus in any book with pride. <laughs> As usual, Justin killing it. We're gonna have to fight him for his yep. superpowers to absorb them. We would Dang lose. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh no. AP. Oh no. Oh no. The I drama. A, I picked a weird still. I didn't that's mean to. fine. I, that's fine. It, that's represent. Zenit, 
representative of what he was talking about. Um, if you haven't caught it, AP had one of his rattlesnakes pass away this week and posted a video on it and then got roasted. And I don't really agree that he should have been roasted. I, I Vision, Vision is very well loved in the community. And all he was trying to do is to let people know that there's a potential hazard with them and that he was planning to um, fill it in with spray foam. And then it wouldn't be a, a hazard anymore. And so if anybody else had these cages, they could make that decision for themselves. He wasn't saying that he hated Vision. He wasn't saying that he was going to quit using them. He was just literally like, this shitty thing happened to me and I don't want it to happen to you. And I, I resonate with that hard. And then people were like, oh, he fucking sucks. Oh, he killed his snake. Oh, clickbait. Oh, blah. And it's just like, dude, he was just trying to help a brother out. Just um, calm for, down. For the people who didn't watch it yet, he found his rattlesnake deceased and it was stuck in the lip above the glass door where there's like a sort of narrowing. So the snake put its head in it and then went forward got stuck and then asphyxiated. Uh, if people haven't watched the video yet. So then people were responding that it was clickbait, that it wasn't the cage's fault. And then, listen, I've seen snakes put their stupid heads through everything. All kinds of things. They do that. It's a normal snake behavior. Yeah. So like interior creases and stuff is actually not that good. So I get that most snakes have not died in a vision cage, but it's not disparaging to say that that, that could happen if the snake is thick enough and willing right. to be Right, and that's enough. all he was saying. He wasn't right. saying anything bad against vision. He wasn't even like, he didn't like grab his vision cages and like smash them on the ground or anything. Like he still uses them. And so, I mean, people just <sighs> calm down, calm the fuck down like he's just trying to let you know that this is a potential hazard that you should be aware of do with that what you may but you don't gotta like scream at the guy i don't see why vision actually needs that lip so i can edit it out who cares yeah uh, maybe they could maybe they could improve their next um release of cages but he wasn't even saying that he was just literally like hey heads up right put some spray foam in it yeah all right garrick Garrick, you naughty boy. Oh, Garrick. <laughs> oh, how I love thee. <sighs> so he hit the banana spot and his yellow belly calico clown. How do you feel about it, Jim? It's gorgeous. I love it. It's everything I wanted it to be. Is it everything you wanted it to be? Mm -mm. I don't like it in banana. It's fine. Oh, yeah. You're, you're anti-banana anyway. I love banana, so... It was all cool with me over here. <laughs> it just takes away a lot from it. So this is what is coined the non-pay, correct? I made that up. Oh, I didn't I know you made that, that up. up. Oh, see, Nobody. I've been I've been using that as lingo, <laughs> and people are like, "I've never fucking heard of that," and I'm like, "Oh, oh uh, yeah, I made that up. That, that's oh, okay. not real. That's well, fake. well, now you have to share fake news. But go ahead I and share. I've been on the podcast before that the non-pay is a clown with calico spinos and yellow belly it looks like a pompeii ish it needs to be a little darker so it needs like a darker gene so you don't need red stripe to make a clown that's reddish but also we've learned even since the the first non-pay that garrick made did like a cypress yellow belly spot nose clown looks like a non-pay looks like a pompeii there's a couple genes that let spot nose yellow belly open and color there are more than one way to skin a cat. 
You should have rhymed. What There's I more say? than one way to Pompeii. <laughs> Trademark, Jana. <sighs> there is more than one way to Pompeii, your clown. So it's, it is interesting. And I think the Calico version, it could be, you could argue like it's better or worse because it makes these like fuzzy red barrier walls along the side that the spot nose yellow belly red stripe one have you seen one that does that nope ever, ever? yeah i have not but have i you really... seen there's like continuous red clumps from the bottom yep that's calico's fault i don't and think I... red stripe would do that nope it doesn't i like it and i love calico calico everything Hmm. Maybe. I'm not sure. Calico and all the things. I really, really, really want to see a calico clown pied. Not clown pied, sorry. Calico uh G-stripe clown. With other jeans, obviously like yellow belly and, and stuff, but I don't know what it would do. I mean I'm guess I'm guessing it would be good, but because the parts that become the chevrons are the saddles that are on top. Yep. But not the saddles that are on the side. I just want to see what it does. We'll see I know. It. I'm sure it'll be fine. But like the parts that are the reddest on the top turns red too. But the parts that are the reddest are the ones on the side. So the kikis eliminate side saddles. So you'd have to force a kiki to bring it back in. Mm -hmm. so but we're, still, we're still learning how to do that with, yeah. with the G-Stripe clowns. Um, you know, Enchi or Leopard, you know, we're still seeing what is going to do that and change the chevrons. And so, I don't know, who knows? Or um, even the cryptic G-stripes are, are different. Like the chevrons are not chevrons, they're shaped differently. But, you know, that's exciting. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing is seeing what these genes are going to do. Maybe it'll do nothing and it'll be like, oh, Okay, and then you'll pick something else to do. But that that is something that I want to see, and that's something I'm working towards. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a question. Does this Black Pastel Monarch DG look substantially different from a Monarch Black Pastel? No. Nope. It's a little brighter, like a little bit. It's a little brighter, a little cleaner, but it's not like, I wouldn't be like, whoa, that's DG. Yeah, I just saw, I mean, Jersey Guys Balls, it's a beautiful animal. We love it. 10 out of 10. But I just yeah, like, I was like, yeah, I mean, this. It's a, a, a huge achievement. I hearted this fucker. I just don't like, <sighs> like, <sighs> if you only have one, like, one or two or three doubles you're working in your collection, which doubles do you work? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, does this, is this a su substantial change to justify the time, energy, and money? Well, see, I kind of feel that way about Hypo and DG. I, like, okay. <laughs> Hypo and DG? Yes, together, the double visual. See, I think Hypo DGs are better than DGs. They are brighter and better, but they it's not, for me, it's the same level of additive. Right, it doesn't change it a ton. I guess the, the question is like, a hypo DG almost doesn't change the price of a DG. It does a little bit, a little bit. Whereas this lot. is the money yeah. and the DG. I'm sure the price of that is, we don't, right. if you have to ask, you can't afford it. 
dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, so like th- th- that's the question. So like obviously pied and hypo are not expensive. So having them together is like who cares? Yeah, sure, add it in there. But if you have to pay a lot more to have that double, is it worth it yet? Like I, that's that's just the line of thinking that I'm on. I'm on right now. And then. I just want to talk about. I would like ten of those, please. A little bit. I know, isn't it? What's fun is. Um, for those who are just listening, we're looking at one point one pastel yellow belly calico Mojave confusions, and they are wild, wild. The best part are these little like blown out ringers that have yes. extra small speckles in it. It's like a little piece of monsoon, a little monsoon party right here. It's like monsoon but better is it yeah maybe yeah yeah. for me it's much better because you have like big chunks and then you have like the little ringers with the little chunks and then along the dorsal is very monsoony to me but like i said you still have a lot of pattern chunks along the side of the snake i this is a sexy ass snake i mean like whoa i will take 10 thank you yeah i think the biggest takeaway in my life is that you don't need to put DG to make pastel better. You can just put acid or confusion in it. Because it makes so, it a lot better. Do you have an opinion on which you think is a better gene? I like acid better, but I think it's all lineage. All right, we're talking about monsoon. Cinnamon Mojave monsoon, Dave Green. It looks like the people at home. So it took away a lot of the like wiggly bits of the Mojave monsoon. There's a little bit still there, but the cinnamon and Mojave gave it a gray side stripe and a little bit of more of a uniform top. Is that cool, Jana? I do not care for that. I think it looks like poop. <laughs> you do? I just like gray things. So I was like, okay, at least something has changed, you know? For me, Maybe it looks if like it was a, like, it's a brown slug. I mean, obviously, this is a you have to play with the genes to know what you're going to get, but I I much prefer that. It did hit the banana Mojave monsoon, but this largely looks like a Mojave monsoon in banana colors. Although so it looks, wasn't. that looks like a banana slug. <laughs> but this to me is much more monsoony. The other one, it almost, I mean, it's there and you can tell it's monsoon, but it, it almost took away from monsoon. And, and I don't think that that improved it so i wouldn't put cinnamon in that i mean it's like the g-stripe clown when you added cinnamon into it took a lot away from it i think it's doing the same thing here in monsoon mm-hmm. but you can yeah. like it that's cool i mean we're really I kind like of to our opinion literally anything different has happened with monsoon yes <laughs> every time you add a gene it usually just takes stuff away and it has done it here too but it added white so Congrats, Monsoon. <laughs> Something, anything different has happened. Puzzle Monarch. How do you feel about that? It's very reduced, which is weird. But it's really reduced. I'd like to see it in a couple of sheds. Mm-hmm. It's fresh. It's real fresh. It's still got its egg goo on it. So I, you I like-, like Monarch better than Ultramel or vice versa, or neither are the same. Um, I prefer Ultramel over Monarch myself. Um, Monarch tends more towards the burgundies, and Ultramel for me tends more towards the orangey gold. Um, and I prefer the orangey gold to the the deep maroony color, burgundy. 
that Monarch brings. So I'd like to see this aged a little bit more to see if the contrast is going to increase, like what the colors are going to do. But yeah, I'm not. I'm like just tan and like brown. But yeah, it'll, it'll burgundy out as it gets older. Right, but I think the same one in in like a ultramel puzzle combination, I think would be a prettier snake. It would look better, to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, wowie, wowie, Maui. That's I. I like bongo a lot, and I have a bongo yellow belly het cloud male. So I'm hoping to make bongo clown male to hold back. But I, I like what it's doing. It's it's really pretty. So this is a constriction addiction bongo blackhead clown poss maybe something else animal he's on instagram i'll have a link in the show notes but it has juicy crunchy back you know stripe but like the biggest juiciest white borders without it being like a a wookie connected they're still there yeah they're still outlined in black yeah it's literally like (laughs) underneath is a bell (laughs) like it's that white it's crazy Mm -hmm. it just completely wiped the base of the snake white and it's just gorgeous yeah i i like the a lot this is this is hot content three hours old like i sometimes the bongo clowns get too brown when they grow up and then i get mad at them but but maybe this is will be better what do you think about all of the blackhead clowns that are really pocketed being red gene do you think that's what that is i don't even have a clue I don't okay. know anything about red jean. Um, my only thing that I'd like to see different on this snake is its head stamp doesn't look clowny. Like it doesn't have a cool head stamp. And that's disappointing. It most, is for me. Most clowns when they're high pattern don't have heads anymore. The pattern subsumes the head. GHI Mojave doesn't have a head stamp. I, I mean, that's so fine. It's a badass snake. I, I will, I will ransom my firstborn child for this snake i'm just saying it would for me i i love the clown busy head stamp and stuff and so the fact that it doesn't have that is it's just a teeny tiny bit disappointing janice disappointed i'm not disappointed this is a sexy ass (laughs) i'm like one percent disappointed like if you could improve it at all it would be to try to figure out how to keep all that yumminess happening and get some kind of head stamp. Like I have no idea what spot nose would do to that. It would probably explode it and be totally different, but a head stamp would be, would be bitching on that. Can't have spot nose in it. They're allelic probably. Of course they are. Of course they are. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's life's hard. Um, no, I think it's cool. Uh, I don't mind the head being solid. I like solid-headed clowns. I like big head. And uh, 10 out of 10. I wish it wasn't brown. I would prefer it to be darker. We've done news. There wasn't a lot of news this week. Because there wasn't a lot of news. Did it? It just happens. And usually, like, the week we do an interview, there's, like, a ton of news for some reason. And then it, like, builds up. So... We're on the collection updates. Jana, anything fun happened this week in your collection? I mean, I'm hatching out a lot of stuff, but none of it's what I wanted. And I don't feel like it's newsworthy. (laughs) What? What? 
Okay. <laughs> Tell me how you, you deal with disappointment. Um, this is for the new people. They just started their business. And now they're disappointed. Now they're disappointed. How do you manage um, your own expectations? So, for example, I bred what I believed to be a vanilla cream, which is vanilla and fire, an allelic combination, and also supposed to be yellow belly and orange stream to my pastel Leo highway. And so this week the clutch came out of the egg and I was expecting to see insane snakes. I was hoping to prove out that mom had yellow belly because vanilla cream, it's mostly white with like a little bit of pattern. It's really hard to see other genes because I bought her as an adult, um, but she hadn't ever been bred. And I see snakes that don't look like what I'm expecting to see. And I'm talking to Jessica and showing her pictures and in my brain, I'm thinking, don't say it looks like lesser. Don't say it looks like lesser. I mean, even Mojave would be okay. <laughs> don't say lesser because I, for some reason, lesser loves me. And it keeps popping out of my snakes who it's not supposed to even be in. And so oh, it, looks like, no. it looks like she's a vanilla cream lesser. I saw no orange stream. There were no highways or ivories in the clutch. So I'm assuming she's not yellow belly. But she also has lesser, <laughs> which sucks a lot. Um, I'm not a big fan of lesser or butter. I don't really want it heavily in my collection. And it just keeps popping out. And so how do you handle that? Um, they're beautiful snakes. They will probably sell. They will probably go pet homes. But, I mean, you just plan for next year. And you think, like, you move on. So I will likely sell that female and put that money away to fund a female I'd like to add to that project. You just have to, it's a, it's a long, a long game instead of a short game. And so when you're feeling disappointed, I, I find it helps. And this is advice I actually got from Jessica. It's helpful to look to the future and to look at what you're doing. So, um, 2023 season is about to start uh, next month. Some people start pairing that early. I don't pair that early, but you know, the next season is upon us soon and sitting down and looking at your pairings and looking at what you could create the next season um, can help you deal with your disappointment of what you're getting this season. Like my genetic stripe clown clutch, um, five eggs, one went bad and one came out kinked in lots of places and had to be cold. Um, and that was the only female of the clutch. And so I had a sausage fest and that was my most anticipated pairing of the year. And it sounds like a good idea if it's people, but if it's snakes, it's not a good idea to have a sausage fest. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a sausage fest when I don't even need to hold a male back because right. I plan to have a, a visual, head or a double visual um not a double head so like literally the one i was looking forward to the most i can i can keep nothing from and so and i had to call the one that would have possibly been the one that i kept and so i mean that's just i mean it's it's the odds you don't know what you're gonna get you roll the dice and sometimes you have disappointments so just look to the future and think you know maybe i'll hit that snake i want next year you can repeat the pairing or you can choose to do a different pairing and and just hope that you get a hold back next year or you can sell the clutch and buy a hatchling that someone else produced in that project that you would like. Uh, so there's several things that you can do 
Um, it's not all a loss. Obviously, I produce three beautiful, healthy snakes and someone's going to want them and enjoy them. And um, that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, people get real weird about like, you know, getting like weirdly disappointed and then like they can't bounce back. And that's. I've, I've had moments like that. And like I said, that's when Jessica gave me the advice. She was like, sit down, <laughs> write out your plan for next year. Even though it wasn't anywhere near the next year, it just really helped. It's like, it's like the gratefulness journaling. Yes. It's exactly that's, the same thing. You're yes. like, oh, I do have lots of big, exciting things coming for the next season. And right. it's okay that I didn't hit what I wanted this season. And I, I had a lot of disappointment this season and that sucks, but you just got to keep, it's the long game, not the short game. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of hets that didn't prove out. I had, you know, some hets that did prove out that only produce one visual. And it's, I mean, just things like that. You, you don't get to pick what comes out and you just got to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then back to your other female, she could be a Mojave. If it's one of those weirdly light colored ones. I mean, it's like like 15% chance she's a Mojave and 80% yeah. chance she's 85% chance that she's lesser. Yeah. I look at the combinations. The combinations are very similar. We'll see after they shed. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's lesser because that was my first thought as I looked at it. I was like, because I, I have lesser in my collection and I don't want it. So I'm used to seeing it. So when I first, it first came out, I'm like, why do you look like a lesser? Dang it. <laughs> like that's not supposed to be in the combo at all. And she was a virgin and she was only paired to one male. And so it's like, Dang what it. is that? And it had genes from the dad. So it's like definitely that pairing, but it <sighs> fucking lesser. Mm-hmm. It's back. Um, so it could be Mojave. If it was Mojave, then I would keep her because I don't hate Mojave. You can put Mojave in Pied, like, but lesser, just get out of here. Get out of here right now. I have a question. Do you think you're going to go back to the seller, not for a refund, but just to let them know? Was it their production or were they selling something? Okay. So when I first bought it, so she was in a pet home and I bought her because she had four genes, I thought. And, but the person that I bought her from, from the pet home got her off morph market and he had the ad as reference um and so i was like cool this all seems legit and so then i purchased a snake and i contacted the original seller and i asked for the pairing and the original seller was like i sold that as a sub-adult i bought it i didn't produce it and i was like cool and I did like 17 degrees of separation. And so I could go back and ask her if she remembered who she got it from. But that just seems redundant yeah. at this point. Kevin Bacon had it. Yeah. And so I don't know who actually produced it. I don't know what the pairing was. And I don't think she wasn't that helpful when I messaged her before because she was like, B, I don't know you. And yeah. why you contacted me about a snake I sold two years ago. Like she was just like very why are you talking to me right now? And so I was like, cool. Thanks for no thanks. <laughs> so and it is what it is. And, and it's not like I paid an extreme amount of money for her. 
Um, it's not like they guaranteed that those were her genes. They just said, this is what I bought her as. This is the ad I bought her from. This is her age. This is, you know, what has happened to her over her life. You know, like it, it was a very straightforward transaction. And so there's really no recourse other than I could sell her and get my money back. But she also did produce a gorgeous clutch that will probably go to pet homes. Um, and I will have, you know, gained in the end, even though it wasn't what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here's the net positive. Do you think if someone going forward, you will only buy from people who produce the animal directly just to guarantee no more shenanigans, unless it's like a straight bargain on a show table. You know what I mean? Like, this um, is like the I think in general, when you reach 14th time, this has happened to you this year. Well, I think in general, when you reach a, a certain level in your business, you can't do that anymore. And so these are like surprises that I'm working out from buying, not from the, the producer of the animal or mm -hmm. from, you know, like reputable breeders or people that have like can show the history of their animal or show the breeding or anything like that. Like I, that's a lesson that I've already learned, if that makes sense. I'm just still working it out so that I can either let those animals go or I can keep those animals. And so a Would certain amount of that. past Jana not to do that? Or do you think you had to do it to learn? I, I think it was a valuable lesson. I think that it was, like I said, it's a net positive. I mean, she produced this six egg clutch and it's gorgeous and I'm going to make good money on that clutch and I'm going to make my money back on her and it's all going to be a net positive. Um, it was just a personal disappointment, but as far as like business wise, I don't think that it, it hurt my business any, um, yeah. the other ones, the heads that didn't prove out. I mean, that was in a collection that I bought. I'm really glad that I decided not to sell them as heads and to keep them and prove them out because I think that could have affected my business in a negative way if I hadn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but I paid such a little amount for the collection that it's still a business positive. And I think that I made the correct decision to prove those out before I said, I'm selling this as that. Um, and so, I mean, all in all, I, I'm not upset with my past choices at all. I do have a different mode going forward. You know, I, I only want to buy hatchlings. I, I want to buy from reputable breeders. I, you know, people that can show you the the pairing and things like that. And so I, I think that it's not going to keep happening. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm not, we're on a journey. I'm on a journey. I'm walking that journey. And I, and, and so far I, I don't, I don't regret what I've done. It's just, you have to suffer these disappointments because of how I did it. Well, but business wise, I'm still way in the positive on, yeah. on all those things. I'm not saying you didn't, it's, you're not fine. I'm just saying since new people will largely be listening to this episode. Oh yeah. In general, new people at home, if you are buying snakes and you're getting a couple older adults, you probably want to buy them from either people who produced it or who have already bred it. Or that they can you show you the, the clutch yeah. that has like a, has a pied in the, yeah. And so, I mean, it's large, fine. Largely, right. it's fine. I mean, when you're just starting out, you don't have a lot of money. You know, sometimes that's the way to go is to to buy adult. I mean, especially if you don't want to wait three years. So I have a lot of stuff that's growing up that's really nice that I bought as hatchlings from reputable breeders that I know they are what they are. Um, but in the meantime, while I was, you know, working out the kinks and waiting for my really good stuff, which hopefully um, about half of it should be 
should produce this season. Um, some of it's still not mature enough, but you know, it's like I'm killing time for the the higher end stuff to grow up, and so I don't I don't regret the, the way that I did it. So, I mean, if you guys are listening now and you're like, I don't want to be disappointed or I don't want to buy a Mojave Het Pied on Craigslist and breed it two seasons in a row and see zero pieds, then don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But you you still have a clutch to sell. So business-wise, I, I don't feel like it was a mistake. Um, will I continue to do that? Hell no. But I already knew that I wasn't going to continue to do that because the stuff that I had invested in initially as hatchlings, you know, in 2020 is, is aging up. And so, I mean, if you want to wait three years till your stuff ages up and do no breeding in that time, fine. Or you can go to reputable breeders and see clutches that they've had, but you're going to pay top dollar for that. And some people can't necessarily start, they can't pay top dollar for all these hatchlings and then pay top dollar for like, time killers you know yeah but like if she had proved out yellow belly you would have made more money than if she hadn't so yes you got a clutch that paid for her cost but if she was actually yellow belly like paying twice the amount for her would have been way more money now oh yeah that's fair that's true so like that's what i'm saying like you don't obviously people can make their like value decisions when they see an animal and they're like if it doesn't prove out i don't care or whatever but in general, getting the thing that actually is the thing that you want is better, even if it costs a couple hundred more dollars, because you'll just be that much better off anyway, in my opinion. I didn't, I bought a lot of stuff, but I didn't buy any stuff that was like, it might be a head, you know, I bought, it is $200 and sold as a black pastel. So there was no like debate about what it was. Right. Well, and see, most of the things that I bought that were supposed to have hets, I didn't pay the morph market. I paid the local price or like the pet price. Um, and so I bought it for dirt cheap. I mean, right. all of these snakes were dirt cheap compared to what if I had gone to morph market and I got a full size breeder that was vanilla cream, orange dream, yellow belly. I mean, that would have been like a thousand dollars or maybe even more because at the time, breeders were really expensive. I mean, the market has changed a lot since then, but a 1500, you know, $1,000, who knows how much that would have cost. And I paid $200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just an interesting. She was only $200, even though mm-hmm. she bought her for $600. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, so it was just like, cool, you know, I'll take that risk. And right. And it didn't pan out. And sometimes in this game, I mean, it, you have to like a certain amount of risk to be involved in in the ball python game at all. And so for me, you know, balls deep, you got to give it a shot. You got to swing, swing and you got to shoot your shot. And sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't win very much this season. But even in losing, I, I feel like I won. So right. It's it's yeah. all fine. It's all fine. And you can build your business with high end from the start and wait for those babies to grow up. Or like I know Blue Line Morph, he often buys people's like full size breeder clowns and, and other things like that. And you can do that if you have the money to do that. Great. Um, at the time that I did all this, I was 
given like a very small amount of money to invest into my business. And then I had to use the profits from my business to buy more things. And then after I showed that I was very successful, then we allocated more, more money to it. But I was like in the like, I have to prove it phase, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. so obviously if someone just handed me $75,000 and said, build a ball Python business, I would do it much, much, much differently. But from the the journey that I've taken, even when you lose, you win. So mm -hmm. I, whatever path someone chooses to take, it should be a net win. As long as you're testing and having biosecurity and not having to, yeah, it's not a net win. Election. If you <laughs> other things, I right, up. right, right, right. Um, and so, like, even if. Um, if it was all a win off of Craigslist, I, that's still not how I want to buy snakes moving forward or have, haven't bought snakes like that for the last year, you know? And so biosecurity wise, that's just not something I'm interested in anymore. Um, but these are like the leftover things that I'm still working out. And I wanted to prove these animals out before I passed them on and said that they were something that they weren't, even though that's the information I was given. Um, so I'm just really glad that I kept it all and I'm working it out myself and now I can sell it for what it is. Or I, if it happens to be Mojave, I could keep it, you know, whatever. And now you can make a decision now. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'd do it again. Sorry if that's the wrong answer to you. That's my answer. Listen, there's no right answer around here. People's risk tolerance varies a lot. Yeah. Mine's way higher than yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like that's just up to people in general. People will figure it out. The only thing to just remember is just don't shit in your own well with nidovirus or arenavirus. Yeah, I did doing that whatever you're doing. I did that too, and now I'm not going to do that ever again. So, what about you? Any collection updates? Is anybody so, eating, or what's going on over there at the um, new? So, Snake Shack 2.0 has its mini split in now. Yay! So, I started moving snakes outside. Uh. It costs eight thousand dollars. Woo! Woo! But at least I can start moving them out there and get them out of the garage. But it's just taking forever because they're already like set up once. And you have to break it down, set them up again. Moving an ARS rack with full of snakes is not an easy task. Right? I'm not. We couldn't do it. Like pushing them, so we're taking them, not taking yep. it apart, but like taking them all out so that just like the the less heavy rack can get rolled across the grass. Because it just digs into the ground. It's not good. Are you so bagging up all those snakes? Like, how do you maintain no, security? With I'm just doing putting that? them in the bins. So when the ball pythons came the first time, they were given a set of bins to be in here. So they could be come out of the bags. Okay. So those bins still exist. Oh, perfect. Okay. Our, yeah, because like I don't have 60, 70 of them or something. 60 bins that I can transfer. <laughs> 60 snakes in two and so you can't just like dump them all in bags and then right. dump them all in a box no, like that's that's not all, i do have in, literally individual bins to carry them over and then put them back in the original ars bin they came from because that sounds fucking insane which it is now i'm like in the middle of cleaning or whatever anyway but it's taking forever and it fucking sucks so you can do it yeah that's what i'm doing for the day. Next that's what I'm doing for the next uh, next two weeks too. <laughs> Wee! 
Yeah, they like interferes with like feeding days and everything else. People are eating better here. I guess it's not people with snakes, so that's good. But now I'm gonna piss them off by moving them. So whatever. And then Mike drops babies are pipping and coming out. Just puts on Instagram. They're pretty nice. I might have to just keep them all. Sorry, everybody. These are corn snakes. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? What was the pairing? Because I don't know who Mike Drop is. A Miami Tessera to a Miami Ochi. Oh. And they're on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, just like two of them. The one that came out and the one that was pipping. They're just really nice, and a lot of people were like waiting for this clutch, and some of the eggs went bad. Because she was like a late season. So I think there was like fertility problems because it was like maybe seven slugs and 20 eggs. And then some of the eggs went bad. Because Ron Burgundy at this point has been to a lot of girls. So hopefully we have better odds next year. But these are all like the nicest Miamis I've made this year. So now I'm like, I guess I have to keep Wait, them all. Was there uh, AML in the clutch too? Yeah, I remember Ron Burgundy has had AML. And she's had Oh, mic drop is the female. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. Because I thought you were talking about the male. And I'm like, oh, I know who Ron Burgundy is. But I don't know who mic drop is. Yeah. Now I'm caught up. We're good now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sexy clutch. I want to see a full clutch pick after this. It's hard. It's corn snakes. Because they're like. Yeah. I try, I've told you this. But I've tried to make, you know, YouTube videos where you like. Like a ball python, you take one out at a time. Or a couple. <laughs> you can't do that. You got to shove them Ew. all in like a, a little like egg container, but with no perlite and then have the lid on it. And then you got to like pop the lid off real quick. And then yeah. you got to put the lid back on without no, touching like, any. showing them and like talking about them. No, in, like, no, you just have to order. like, you just have to like, oh, there they are. They're all flying everywhere. Bye. <laughs> yeah. It is not good. None of that footage will ever be released to the internet uh, ever at any time. Although like, once the th everything is set up, right, set up, once everybody's where they need to be, you start taking pictures for Morph Market because everyone's eating a lot now. Yeah, I've got to get all my stuff on Morph Market now. But then I can start doing, like, YouTube videos. And so, like, if you did, like, a video of corn snakes where you, like, opened it up and just, like, you didn't talk, you just sort of browsed the rack, I think that would yeah. be better than, let me pull them out one at a time and talk about them while they run away. And then there's corn snakes all over your table. And you're like, help me. Just spaghetti has eyes and I don't know what to do. Yeah. So that that's the, the next goal. Once they're set up, more YouTube videos. I think. Cool. I probably still will do a terrible job. But fuck it. Got to do it. Got to try. I got to start doing that too. I'm not looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I do not enjoy looking at my own face <laughs> on video. You're looking at it now, though. I'm I know. This is how much I love you that I'm doing video with you because this is way outside my comfort zone. Wow. Way outside. Why? I'm not unpacking that here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate myself, too. But... I don't know. Fuck you guys. I don't give a shit. Like, if I have to, like, submit other people to whatever the fuck is going on here, good. You know you like it. 
people at home. Mm. <laughs> I think that's the end of the podcast. I think, I think we did it. <laughs> On that happy note, <laughs> um, look forward to next week where we're going to get um, down deep and dirty into social media and the reptile industry. Yeah. And what you need to be doing and why. And it's going to be a good episode. I'm looking forward to it myself. <laughs> I'm going to take notes myself. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully or I what have. I wish I had done better or, you know, just things like that. It's going to be a great episode and we'll, yeah. well, we'll catch you all next week. Thanks for listening. Um, if you want to leave a five-star review that helps the algorithm. Peace out. Bye.